beautiful star people and welcome back to the planets are my gods with your hosts Mariah Karina and Arakai Moon. We've been doing the series going around the wheel of the zodiac and delving deep into some of the core essence dynamics of each of the signs and we're on Libra. So just to start a little bit of a quick disclaimer before we get into it. Both me and Arakai have a lot of Libra signatures, actually, and especially Libra South nodes. This means, in our understanding, that we actually have a lot of karma with some of the different energies in the Libra archetype. It means that what's held or referred to in the body of Libra is a huge part of each of our personal unique gifts. Mm. It also means that it has certain shadow elements that we carry and what we're attracted to on the outside is also holding that same duality of both those Libra gifts and some of that Libra shadow. And I think <laughs> not only what we're attracted to, but also what we um, dislike and what enrages us. And what we've been hurt by yeah, because of that attraction, because of that attachment. And I think there are some people who I've met who they really love their South Node. It's like, oh my God, if only I could stay in my South Node. It pains them to have to leave that familiar comfort of their South Node and to imagine stepping into integrating aspects of their North Node. But I know for me, I tend to sort of um, blame, scapegoat my South Node a lot, especially the more I've uncovered about my own codependency or people-pleasing patterns. I, I don't think this is, you know, necessarily the best, but a lot of how I've been able to understand that is by understanding Libra dynamics, mm -hmm. which has this very unfortunate side effect of then sometimes seeing and almost sort of, um, like calling forth that version of Libra. And so I think it's really important. It's actually been incredibly useful to me to have Libra in my South node to be able to even give me language to these different patterns that I notice in myself and other people that frustrate the living shit out of me. And that make me feel like it's that that's keeping me trapped and holding me back. <laughs> but it is my intention for this podcast to also be able to see Libra in its wholeness, right? Which is not just those codependent patterns. It's also not excluding those, but is opening up to really what the deeper, level of consciousness or the the fullness of all the dynamics that are present within the sign beautifully said i i i also feel like it's it's been such a long journey for me and i think that it's i really felt the pain of leaving my south node i think when we first looked at my north and south node and you're like your north node is an aries i started to cry <laughs> Aries in the 8th <laughs> starts to cry because I was like, it's true. I will be alone forever. Or that you have to be cast out of the Venusian temple of that mm. gorgeous Taurus Garden of Eden where everything is a beautiful temple ritual thrust into the lone waters of the shamanic phases of being ripped away and torn to shreds and death and rebirth that is foretold by the eighth house. Yes. And going out on your own, being in that warrior, slicing, you know, through that sword of illusion of relationships and codependency and all that I've forsaken myself in order to gain inside of the acceptance and validation of the other, you know, in, in choosing the self. And I think that, 
that journey of, of choosing myself and facing that sometimes my path, oftentimes my path has taken me very far from the other, um, very far from relationships. I've been celibate large, large periods of time in my life. And, um, and I also have a incredible <laughs> magnet and attraction to Libra women. And, um, true story. <laughs> I mean, like ridiculously, it's like a magnet, like who's the Libra in the room and our archives radar goes beep, 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 and like, like a moth to the flame, <laughs> I will go. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, it's, it's, um, something that I also feel that attraction has, has also allowed me to see the places where the highest qualities of Libra, um, can be pedestalized, you know, like I can put that on the pedestal. And so being able to come into more sobriety around this inside of myself, but also inside of the women that I've been attracted to, um, I feel like gives me this desire to really hold that full spectrum of Libra, like you were speaking to, um, being able to understand the challenges and the ways that this archetype can really um, teach us so much and also destroy us mm-hmm. <laughs> and and just what a crucial um, teacher and like poisonous medicine in in the um, journey to the self that that this relationship to other and specifically this relationship to Virgo or Libra teaches us um, is just invaluable to my life. <laughs> and I love sharing this journey with you specifically. Oh, same. Mariah has helped me shred so many illusions with this specific journey that it is... There's no other person I'd rather speak about this topic with. Oh. <laughs> we are in the deep school of, of Libra Aries. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And I love having you in my life. I feel like you, um, because anything that I've been able to dismantle and see through the illusion of has started with me primarily, seeing my own patterns, seeing my own self-delusion, being... Um, increasing my own self-awareness and then having to go through deep initiations and huge sort of ego dismantlings around it. And so I think in doing that, having you be such a Libra being and always Mm. holding in, like holding Venusian power in your body, just in your way of being, in your desires and your aesthetics and what you're drawn to Mm. is kind of a constant reminder of me to not just leave it all. So taking a step back, a big part of the way that I understand Libra is that it's actually part of the function within consciousness that is about understanding and arranging objects or pieces of information in space. And you can see this Venus quality also in Taurus, where it's about really seeing Venus of Earth. And it's about arranging physical objects, like material objects around you to produce this profound beauty, harmony, truth, and exalted opportunity for interactions to happen. Mm. And then I think when you get into Libra, you're adding this element where it's the Venus of air. And so you're starting to arrange 
also physical things in space, right? I think Libra also has that quality of being able to make something beautiful of aesthetics. Libras are well-dressed and stylish and uh, visual arts is also a Libran phenomenon. But you're also being able to put those things that are of air. So concepts, theories, it's that ability to to put things together and create cohesion. Right. And you know, there's like collective philosophies, like communication yes. around relationships, how we gather together, and specifically around what we value. Mm-hmm. Because what you're saying about the Venus in the earth and in Taurus, we, we create the art, we create the temples or the, the places of, of what we're going to build, you know, the, even the agriculture. It's just what, what do we want to grow and how does that represent what we value? And then I think the Venus in Libra is that relational air, energetic cohesion around what we value. So much. And also around the arranging itself. Hmm. You know, what do you like, mean? okay. So I think you're arranging things that are also intellectual, that are also of language. Like mm-hmm. even in philosophy, there's an entire branch of philosophy called aesthetics. And it's not just about how things look, but it's an approach to paradigms and context and frameworks and understandings. And philosophy, if you put together ideas well, they hang together in a way that has this like beautiful truth that mm-hmm. radiates out from it. Even writing, writing itself, like a well-written sentence hangs together well. Right. And they even have it creates now, a structure for us to understand relationship and to, to guide us into the direction of where we want to go. It makes me think of nonviolent communication in these different um, these different processes that we have that we can kind of that not only teach us something, but also hold a certain philosophy together. And then a a guiding process of how we are going to be able to actually actualize that inside of relationship, inside of practical reality. (laughs) Totally. Yes, the cardinal part of it. Mm -hmm. And um, even now there's this uh, AI, this artificial intelligence that's created that can actually produce huge amounts of language. It's a major breakthrough in AI. And the way that it works is it determines the next most beautiful, most likely, most elegant word. And so it goes sentence by sentence. It's maybe consumed 20% of the internet. And so it has all of these conventions, all of these deep structures of grammar underneath it. Mm. And you can say, tell me about Mahayana Buddhism. Write a letter asking for a raise from my boss. Um, Please write an essay for me talking about the common themes between this movie and that book from the 18th century. And it can do it because so much of language is about those conventions and those mm. conventions are actually undergirded by this power of what's the next most beautiful word that goes here. And then I think it can play that a Libran trick on us where because it seems beautiful and harmonious, it seems true. Mm-hmm. And it has that potential for that air level of abstraction where we're living in our minds Mm -hmm. about how we want things to be, about how things could be, how if we paint a beautiful picture of possibility with our words, it's almost as if we're living in that fantasy reality now. Right. Right. And and that 
and that it actually represents all of the people that are that are playing into that. And I think sometimes the Libra can get so fixated almost on on that harmonious approach or on that, you know, there could be this perfect way or this healthy way of interacting. And then it sometimes has a hard time identifying where the actual consciousness and capability or even willingness of the other participants um, lies. And in that, I think, can create, like you said, fantasies or um, combustive realities when those, um, when those realities collide. I love so much that you're mentioning this, this word genius of Libra because I oftentimes am focused so much on the way in which they move and um, their poise, like graceful tact. And it is very much in words, but there's such a glamour around it that I've almost not identified that it's the words themselves that are so masterful. And I'm so sensitive to um, the energetics of how people are interacting and the way that it creates connection or shared fire, a shared experience. And when people use specific words that like deactivate something that could be like expansive or bonding or a peak experience, I'm so turned off, you know? (laughs) And I do think that that's why I'm so deeply drawn to that, um, precision and and poised grace um, and intelligence of Libra because it's they they bring in those words that actually facilitate that deeper opening or that deeper sense of connection and um, and that's the masterful that's the thing is it's not Taurus it's not in earth always or only necessarily but there's that Libra understanding that Libra insight genius that our energetics, our intellectual concepts, Mm -hmm. our words themselves create a kind of feng shui where energy then is moving through the tubes of our relationship, through the plumbing of our groups, defined by what intellectual elements we have set in place. There's an entire field of anthropology called proxemics. I did a project on it when I was in Italy, and it was about looking at the way that these plazas, right? In Italy, they have a lot of public spaces Mm -hmm. all over Europe and a lot of places in the world, Mm -hmm. very little in the United States. But they have these spaces that are specifically meant to be places for people from the whole town to be able to come and congregate. And the architecture of those places is incredibly thoughtful. Mm -hmm. And if you actually just follow the way your body naturally wants to move, through the city and then into the square it's facilitating that kind of coming together Mm -hmm. and I think that's what the Libra attunement is towards absolutely absolutely I do think it's um you know relationship like I always call it relationship martial artist or like you're saying um relational feng shui this larger vision that is usually very humanitarian in focus it's very service oriented But what is important to remember is that the Libras are, it's very subjective. It is also very personal to what they are deeming is is that um, representation of harmony, that representation of what we value, you know, so it's very subjective and... um, And there's such a survival element to Libra 
because in Venus and Mars, they are personal planets. And to me, it really helps me to remember that even though the Libra part of myself or the other that is expressing that Libra and desire for harmony and collaboration and um, service-oriented humanitarian you know, visions are also um, coming from a place of survival, of relational security, you know, and that helps me understand that there's going to be a personal element and to always bring my own personal power inside of that as I'm being, you know, potentially coerced or guided so gracefully (laughs) by a sexy Libra and also check myself when I'm, um, you know, doing extra work <laughs> or bringing forth my ideas or, or trying to gain, get people on the, on the ship of like, if we do it, if we speak in this way, if we, if we can each collaborate, if we each bring ourselves to the table in this way that we can share power. Um, you know, I, I have these, these high ideals sometimes of how to be in relationship. And sometimes it's completely separated from either what people are capable of or, or also what, they need or want and um and to realize that like even though I may think that that's the healthiest way of interaction um and the Libras firmly believe that you know um that there's um that Aries counterbalance to bring into to be able to cut hone in on like what's the personal power what's the personal desire and own that piece so that the others can like be in there um, their authorship, you know, be in their own personal desires and, and draw boundaries and grieve accordingly. You know, I think so many times like we can get, um, or I could get like stuck in that, that Libran desire to harmonize and collaborate. Or if we just teach people all of these, you know, healthy ways of communicating and healthy ways of going into deep process into their subconscious patterns and then be able to share pattern, you know, share power, then, then we don't, we could, we could, um, we could, we could, uh, somehow get around like the tremendous amount of suffering. I think that's caused inside of these, uh, relational ruptures that happen, um, and these isolations that happen, I think. And yet it's, it's such a point of evolution for myself to really learn how to call it, Mm -hmm. to really learn how to invite, be in that sexy invitation of Libra and to also have the, the boundaries and the, the balance of, of Aries too to bring forth the and own the the personal needs and desires enough and be willing to own it enough to like let the other person go you know for sure in big and small ways mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean i really i feel like it is worth mentioning that there is something about the school of libra is a relationship school yeah it just is and i always see that first quadrant The first four signs are really about learning yourself as an individual. The second quadrant is really about learning interrelational and interpersonal stuff, which sort of mixes a little bit into culture and society. And then, but it's still primarily relationally group oriented, interpersonally oriented. And then that last quadrant picks up with group and society and culture and then kind of goes meta 
into, you know, these more sort of civilization or etheric or Mm -hmm. spiritual qualities, questions of meaning. And so Libra is a relational school and it does have that ability to detach. That's what I think I mean by being able to see how things arrange in space. That's even why justice is part of the Libra archetype. Because in the high ideal of justice, you're not being subjectively driven. You're not being swayed by the particularities of um, your personal attachment to one thing or the other. But you're really able to see objectively in a sense of like pure forms what is the right way forward, what is like true justice. And the same, you know, when I was learning, um, studying therapy for years and years, and especially couples therapy, so much of what we trained in was being able to see the structure underneath, to not get hooked into the content, to not get swayed by it, but to really see from that more detached perspective what is happening in the dynamics because there's a formula underneath it. There's, again, that deep grammar mm-hmm. that we're trying to identify. And I think that's why you said Libra can sometimes be that chess game mm-hmm. of how can I kind of work all of these different players into aligning for what it is that either meet my personal needs or that meet kind of this collective um, thing that I'm trying to make happen. And that can happen with greater or less, lesser levels of awareness on the part of the Libra who's doing it. I think it's so important to really understand the cardinal cross when we when we look at Libra. And so when we look at the cardinal cross, we have the Aries and the Libra opposing one another. We have you know this the individual and the self represented by Aries. We have the other in this relational tapestry that we're speaking about inside of Libra. And we have the Capricorn and Cancer on the other ends of that of these axes. And the Capricorn is that external authority, the structure, the empires that we build and, and really represents what you were speaking to as that larger collective, you know, grid system. And, and then the cancer is the deeply personal symbiotic relationships that really hold together, you know, the mother and the child, the, the emotional security. And so to me, when we understand these, this it's like a relational cardinal cross is what it is, you know, between the self and 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 the other, the other being the the very very personal, and the other being like the the really large network of society. And to me, what is so interesting about the intelligence of Libra being so fine tuned to that broader broader vision but then also kind of getting lost in the sauce so easy sometimes of caring so much about the the personal relationships that we can then get lost in those webs and start choosing relational process (laughs) over um personal actualization over our own own wills and desires and wants and impulses right and needing to orient so much around how to do that in a good way that we then shut down our fire and we shut down our own natural instincts of our timing and when that happens I think that can just be so unbelievably devastating to finding out like what we're really desiring what we're here for it's so common for me inside of um you know partners but but 
so many of my clients were like, how do I even get in touch with who I am and what I want? Like people are always like, how do you know what you're excited for? And like, how do you know what you want and you love so much? And I do think so much of that has to do with that desire and that fucking evolutionary push to that Aries of choosing my my needs and my personal desires and and having to grieve and having to like really be put in the relational fires around that because it's so common for people after long relationships you know after navigating children and and navigating whole groups of communities or or organizations to not understand what what they themselves want anymore and be able to even touch on those little seeds of desires or or get even turned on and anymore, you know, because it's been so shut down after little compromise, after little compromise, after little compromise, you know? And, and so I think it's so, and then on the other side of that, just to look at the Capricorn piece of, of how those individual desires and those relationships then also feed the larger structure that you're speaking to, you know, what is it that we're actually building and growing and, how do those relationships and that harmony and those fine-tuned um, ways of, of showing up and doing the emotional labor for those relationships actually feed that larger structure? And then also how does it dilute what we're actually growing, you know? How do we say yes to so many relational processes and say yes to so much of the service and then and then not be able to really feed um, that, that larger vision of what we're truly allied to, you know? For sure. And Libra, it is that air sign. And so much of the air, to me, also brings in this big element of fear, and I think a lot of that relational, mm. like you're saying, relational security, I think it's very scary for Libra to be in a place where there's conflict. Absolutely. Like that Libra, that Venus, it's conflict averse, right? That's what Libra is about. It is about harmony and coherence and everything working together and singing together. And it, I, it feels terrifying to leave that safe territory. And so I think Libra is not only attuned to where there might be potential rifts in the relational fabric, to where um, other people might be having projections, or like if Libra feels rejected or unliked or um, is sensitive to rumors or stories about right. itself, it can try and like, you know, avoid that as much as possible. And then also has that ability to almost forecast through the whole web of social relationships and through the nonlinear, non-local elements of time and space about where there might be potential conflicts or rifts in the future. And is always doing a lot of dancing and self-modulating and rearranging of the relational furniture to create a feng shui where those conflicts don't happen. I love what you're saying because I, and I also think this is why it's so crucial to really understand for me, at least that this primal need, you know, because we are a we relational are, social, social species creatures. And so that need to be in relationship is a survival need. Our belonging is our survival. And everyone says fight. There's like those survival strategies, fight, 
flight, freeze, appease. But with the people I work with, it's so easy to be like, yeah, yeah, I'm a people pleaser without seeing that it is connected to this primal fear. Like that you feel if someone's mad at you, your your very existence is at stake. Right. And and when you're saying that they'll be fine, like their fine-tuned awareness and all of their intelligence and um, energy, all like the attention and energy will go straight towards the the highest risk. And oftentimes that's the one with the most power. And I think that we What's oftentimes... What's the one with the most power? Well... The, the greatest risk inside of a social situation will also be the one that has the most power mm-hmm. in order to, um, like, affect the whole, right? Mm-hmm. And so how many, I mean, for me, I'm just, like, a little bit on a trip, you know, the last couple of days, I just know about, like, how much emotional labor we have to do for white cis dudes to feel safe, you know? And... That I think where I I personally get triggered the most is like how in the Libra tendency to suss out where is the the factor that's going to be at at threat Mm -hmm. to the harmony of the group and like focus in on that and like how much attention and energy goes towards maintaining the homeostasis of white cis men's feelings. Yeah. Also, because I feel like, you know, being in those categories of social privilege, everyone has their own personal story, right? But I do think if you are, you know, a man, a white cis man, especially who's dating a cis woman, then there's just that internalized patriarchy where you do feel that sense of entitlement that in a certain way you shouldn't have to feel pain or discomfort or that if a woman loves you, she should be nurturing towards you and caring towards you. And then I think there's that um, expectation mixed with the fact that they probably have gotten a certain level of that in their life a lot more than maybe other folks, which creates a fragility. Like they don't have the same practice Mm -hmm. of having been made to feel uncomfortable or having had to subjugate their needs or um, to have to, you know, self-regulate. And so I think then, like you're saying, that Libra primal fear comes out of like, oh, if this person has negative feelings towards me, or if this man feels insecure, that threatens my safety. Mm -hmm. And so like on the one hand, the biggest risk is that your partner, that the man in the group, that maybe the person who's the strongest, whatever, physically or the loudest emotionally is going to be upset with you is met with the fact that maybe you standing up for that or making a decision that he doesn't like is the place of your greatest power. And, you know, we have another podcast about this that I think is excellent. It's the Secret Codes of Venus. And we talk about how within that Libra code, there's the courtesan and the courtier. Because for so long, people who have been subjugated in terms of structural and infrastructural power, like women, like queer people, like people of color, like people with disabilities, poor people, have had to use a different kind of power that I think we're only now just beginning to fully understand, articulate, and appreciate. Like if you're in a position, if you are a courtesan in a certain society, or you are a courtier, you are a woman in a, you know, like castle situation, um, there are specific moves that you can do relative to the role that you are playing Mm -hmm. and specific moves that you cannot. 
And so there has been an entire, talk about chess, this is like test times chess times chess, exponential rule books and nuances that have been learned over time by people who don't feel like they can actualize their power in such more clear, overt ways in order to either, on the one hand, maybe be a little bit more dumb and fully arrange things to get what they want and have learned how to do so seductively with the most gorgeous invitations, with the most beautiful languaging, with the most delicious reward on the other side, with the ability to make you think it was what you wanted all Mm -hmm. along. (laughs) And then I think there's that other side of Libra, which is maybe like a more younger version and maybe a more sort of um, disempowered version, maybe a more sub version who is very detached from their desires, who Mm -hmm. is sort of seeing these things from the inside out and who is living in a self-imprisonment of that fear. Like when I was forsaking their own desires for the desires of others and not, and completely unattached from them. And just like the, the, the level of activation in the nervous system around I am safe if other people like me being the loudest thing. Like when I was doing, and I have compassion for this actually, because I know Mars is like Mars severs, right? Mars goes for things directly, Mm -hmm. but Venus really does like the function of Venus really does cohere and unify. Like when I was doing all of this kind of like visioning into understanding my own patterns with my Libra South node, it's like, I felt Almost like there was this gravity, almost like when you move a magnet and all the metal filings jump into place on the other side of the magnet. Like I felt like there was this almost gravity, like pulling me towards the center, pulling me to Libra's safe space of where everyone gets along, where people like me, where things are peaceful, where, um, yeah, it's like holding it all together. Holding it together. And then holding the community together, holding the family together. Yeah, and that within my mm-hmm. Libra, it felt physically impossible to break away from that. Yeah. Oh, that's intense. I feel like it's so intense because there's also a desire in Mars to merge inside of its feminine aspect of Scorpio, you know? And so it, it desires to also go deep, but there's a severing and a dying process that has to happen inside of that like depth that Mars is going in that alchemy that is found inside of the journey of, of Aries and Scorpio. And then I think with Libra and, and the, the Venusian um, experience of connection is such, a, is such a different way because it is that magnetizing and that drawing together. But inside of that, it's also, it feels so fixed and it feels so sometimes that conglomerate. It's like this, the, you can no longer separate for your, you know, your, the I and the we and... Um, and inside, I feel like there's there's something that loses, that can potentially lose the actual intimacy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that desire to, to be connected so much, sometimes 
we lose our connection to our true self Mm -hmm. and we lose the authentic like authenticity of it and and I feel like sometimes the relationships actually become like stagnant and dead Mm -hmm. because we then become like roles yes instead of actual living breathing morphing people Mm, you know yeah like my one of my greatest achievements of the past decade I think is um my current relationship my current main partnership because actually my can current just, main can partnership we just like, <laughs> can we just say fuck yeah for that for somebody to be able to say that one of their greatest achievements is their current partnership and it's been going on people this is their five year anniversary they're not teaching about relationships not for six months I'm just saying like it is five years going strong and they have been through the fires it's of initiation true. keep going I'm sorry to no interrupt. I love it it's so good because I also think this is my like resentment towards my Libra South note is it's it's very rare for me actually to value that because so much of me wants to be like but what about me what about my Aries what about what I've made in the world what about my fifth house Pluto creativity where's my book where's my you know whatever but actually so I have brought yourself into yeah that is what's been exactly so unique about and it. actually I have skipped steps in the seventh house in Capricorn my moon and Neptune that resolve to my south node and so it has been the place it's been my dojo like my place of deep learning and revealing all this stuff and practicing and falling on my face and trying again which I know everyone says but I fucking mean it and we had two phases of our relationship, right? And the first phase, it was when I was like fully in my process work stuff. I was teaching on relationships, sexuality, and intimacy. I felt like I was so Aries coming forward in the world, sharing my courses and my videos. And I didn't realize how much of it was actually Libra, Mm -hmm. how much of it was in that. Let me be a role. Let me strategically Mm -hmm. try and figure out how I can get you to want what I want. Mm. And how can I sort of seduce you with my words and my language into wanting to feed my world, yeah, <laughs> be in my world, step into the role I want you to step into. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that this shit is so subconscious, you know, but now it's so tricky. It's so tricky, but now <laughs> it's like, I am a mess y'all. I am a mess in my relationship. And it is one of my greatest achievements. I mean, she says that, but like, <laughs> I know okay, there's I know no there's at like, all. I know there's a lot of messes out there, but for my Capricorn yeah, moon, I'm, I'm working with a lot of messes all the time. Now, like for my, I guess what I would say is not that I'm a mess, but that I have been able to release my calculating, strategizing approach to relating to getting my needs met to our conversations. And fuck yeah. And and when you say you're mess, I mean you can say whatever. I mean she's she's so humble and <laughs> fucking hero. <No>. But <laughs> I just think what's so incredibly valuable and, and has been so life changing to be able to watch and witness and be at your side <laughs> throughout this process is how much like you have been upfront with those calculating methodologies. You have been willing to shred them. You have been so willing to fight and bring yourself forward in desire of connection. Like so many people can obsess about their freedom and themselves inside of the relationship, all the while sabotaging, sabotaging, sabotaging. But you have truly, um, or go the other way that which we're speaking of is more so um, just 
melting and merging and and forsaking their deepest soul prayers but like Mariah has fought so hard in in such a way that really has chosen and strive for connection inside of that to bring herself and a specifically like what she's devoted to that has been life-changing for me because it has been so validating to see that somebody could choose their path and like what we've come here. I say we because we have the same very, <laughs> we have the same prayer. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much similar yeah sorry. very what similar prayer we did it <laughs> yeah we have a very similar prayer and um and sometimes it hasn't been um as honored by society as, or even by like you know people in my relationships and so yeah, to see it hasn't been met in relationship mm-hmm. which i think is also the the wounding in our libra south node right right and also the power in I think both of us going through this, these last couple years of really, um, getting the light (laughs) shown on the places that we've been very, um, you know, just putting so much energy into the calculating or all of the skills that we've developed in order to try to cope or get that need met and, um, and the tremendous grief and, um, and beauty of being able to, also like it's almost like simultaneously owning it so much like more than we ever have and then also simultaneously like really letting it go in big ways I think which paradoxically right like actually being more raw more vulnerable like I am not a process worker in my relationship I'm a truth teller you know Mm. I am not I'm unfiltered. That took a lot. It did. It took a lot. <laughs> I am not, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not a communication expert. I'm not even like a priestess facilitator, which has brought me a lot this of This is growth, y'all. This is growth, me- y'all. <laughs> to, to put down the priestess role and the healer hero role when we know all of these skills and to just be fucking raw and Aries to our partners is like it's taken us a lot of humbling process together and to be honest and paradoxically i think it it is slowly bringing me more into my north node absolutely because it's me and my own authority being more instinctual and absolutely so proud of you and sh- and you you, you did lead so the way <laughs> you did lead the way I do think I'm like actually getting there <laughs> I'm like saying things to people these days and I'm like oh my I'm so just responding in Aries and like my Libra is cringing of like yeah. I just know the more harmonious way to respond to this <laughs> and it's just not as real mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and hopefully I, I have actually faith that if we really trust our Aries Mm-hmm. that it actually supports the Libra mission yeah. more. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I do think that I'm actually seeing those transformations mm-hmm. now. Yes. Yeah. And actually, I know we need to close here for two seconds, but one, I think, um, actually, I remember hearing someone say once that the Libra function is also discernment because it's what do you desire, right? And you have to say, like, no to 1,000 half-loves to find the one true love. Like Libra is what you're drawn to. And I think the more honest you can be about what you're drawn to, the more you're making sure you're seeing reality for what it is, 
right? I mean, like, do I choose this now? Yes. Venus, know what you're attracted to. Know what you value. And be able to have some of that objectivity and detachment to really see it. Mm -hmm. See it for what it is. To not get lost in that sauce. No matter how juicy (laughs) and seductive it is. (laughs) No matter how graceful and exquisite. (laughs) No matter how poised. (laughs) And feline. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Any last, any, la- any last <laughs> thoughts for Libra? There's so much more to say, and we hope you stick with us. We hope to be talking about Libra for the next 13,000 years. So I'm sure the topic will come back around again. There's always so much more and deeper and deeper levels. But yeah. anything to make this truly complete? Just to speak a little prayer to the Libra inside of me, to the Libra inside of all of you, inside of all of us, that... You know, I see, I see the work that we do and may we truly, truly come into a deep sense of connection to our desires and our value system and our personal authority so strong that that fine-tuned intelligence and that ability to really know Uh, when to magnetize and draw and hold together, when to offer the invitations and to really hold the vision of the high dream of relating and when to, um, and when to make boundaries, when to grieve and when to let it go, when to allow others to be in their areas. And I call in for myself like a rebirth of Libra. Mm. Like to really see it from that truly artistic place of um, being, feeling the cardinal heart of Libra, the empowered state of being able to feng shui the different elements in my life, to be able to create the flow through time and space. Mm. That is truly the Venus song. Well, so good to be learning and growing with you all. And we'll see you next week.